Welcome to Equip This Church Dunedin. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Desiree Levy. For more information, check out equipuschurch.com. Thank you, team. You're awesome. Thank you. Oh, can't quite see you. There's some fog and some darkness. Um, My name is Desiree, if I don't know you, and it is a great privilege to be here tonight um, to bring the word. We're starting a new series um, today called Gifted and Graced, understanding how we've been made in the image of God and the goodness that he has actually put inside of us and letting some of that out, Um, understanding this journey that we go on. We're works in progress. We're not perfect. We've never arrived, and there is always more for us to understand and to unpack in the name of Jesus. Um, Pastor Will is ministering in Nelson this weekend, so he's up there with um, Catherine, who's just taken over the church up there, and he's on the board up there, so he's helping her out, and he's ministering in the service today, and Harper has gone for the trip, because it was her turn, everybody, it was her turn to go with Dad on a trip, so that's where she is, and um, they're catching up with Will's dad as well, and his bonus mum, so um, that's an exciting time for them. Um, The title of my message tonight is Gifted and Graced, The Fight for Your Voice. So I want to remind us tonight that we have been gifted and we have been graced by God and that there is a life that he has designed for us to live, a life that actually Jesus died for, to pay the price for, the penalty of, so that we could actually live in freedom, in his grace, with all of the gifts unwrapped and at our disposal. And um, there's two passages of scripture that really talk about um, our giftings and our graces. I mean, the whole Bible does, right? You could unpack the whole thing. But there's two, two passages of scripture that I revert back to whenever I think, God, how have you made me? God, how have I been graced? God, how am I gifted? And that would be Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12. Really easy to remember because it's both in the 12. Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12. And um, Romans 12 talks about the motivational gifts. So actually kind of the things that we think are just part of our personality, but actually they are motivational gifts from God, that he has put those special, unique talents within us, and that is how we kind of just live our life, the things that leak out of us on an everyday, ordinary basis. And I'm going to read some scripture for you. Romans 12, verses 6 to 12. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take that responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, we should all have that one, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good, love each other with genuine affection, and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope, be patient in trouble, and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. So when I read a passage of scripture like that, it is my prayer that the Holy Spirit nudges you on the inside and you go, oh, he's talking about me. That was written for me. There's truth in here for me to unpack. What God have you graced me with? What is my motivational gift? What is the thing that just comes naturally to me, God, that I walk in this way? 
You know, for me personally, when I read this scripture, the first thing that I know that God has placed within me is to encourage. That is my first and foremost motivational gift. I am motivated to speak words of life that would encourage another person at every opportunity. When Will reads a passage of scripture like this, his primary gift is to serve. So Will gets the most joy, the most blessing, the stuff that comes most naturally to him is just to serve it up to other people. You know, what is it? How has God wired you? How have you been made? You're unique, you're individual, you're graced, and you're gifted. Get it out. (laughs) Find it. Work on it. Understand it. Unpack it. And then if we were to unpack 1 Corinthians 12, these are the gifts that we talk about being the manifestation of the Holy Spirit working through us. Really just a really snazzy way of saying, hey, God wants to use you and this might be how he does it. (laughs) These are some things that he wants to leak out of your life into the lives of other people. And it says this, 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 to 11. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles, and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another Spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It's the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts, and he alone decides which gift each person should have. Um, A long time ago when we lived in London, I read this passage of scripture, and I was like, oh God, can I choose (laughs) from this list? You know, this looks great. Can I like have a few, you know, can I pick a few things? And then I read that final one, he alone decides which gift each person should have. And I was like, okay then, so pressure off, I don't have to hope that I've chosen the best gift. But actually, he alone decides which gift at what time he wants to distribute to the world around you through your life. And when I read these um, gifts, when I go through those things, 90% of them, well, I didn't do the maths, people, okay, I am rounding, but 90% of those things that I just read out require us to open our mouths and declare something. And I think we need to be reminded of this. In this current season, in this current world that we live in, I don't know about you, but I have felt a little bit quiet. I have felt a little bit contained. I have felt like I can't talk as loudly as I normally do because I'm wearing a mask all the time. I have felt like I've had to hide behind it a little bit. And I don't know about you, I felt silenced in the natural and I'm sensing a nudge in the spirit this, morning, this evening that actually it's time to use our mouths again. It's time to speak some truth. It's time to open up and declare some promises. It's time to declare that encouragement, to speak that word of prophecy, to help that other person, to open up our mouth and speak and no longer be silenced. To live life as God intended for us to live it. Free, abundant, triumphant, 
but it's going to require us using our voice. You know, it's going to take a little bit of a fight. I don't think this comes easy. You know, it's quite easy not to say anything, isn't it? Well, you know, sometimes I have to admit, sometimes I talk when I shouldn't. But on the whole, (laughs) I'm saying it's actually quite comfortable sometimes just to not say anything and just to shrink back and be quiet. And actually, I think it's going to take a little bit of intentionality, a little bit of holy grit, a little bit of a fight rising up on the inside of us to say, hey, I'm going to use my voice for good. I'm going to use my voice to declare some stuff that God wants his people to know. There's going to be a battle for your voice. It's your voice that declares God and his goodness and his plan. And your voice could lead other people into their freedom. Your voice could speak praise. Your voice could declare goodness. Your voice could prophesy and show off miracles that God does. Your voice can testify. Your voice can easily be overcome with doubt and insecurity and intimidation until it has no power and maybe you even lose your voice. How about your voice that calls on the name of Jesus, the one true living God? Your voice that declares the way, the will of God. Your voice that defeats the enemy and his sad attempts at power over people in their lives. Your voice that releases the miracles. Your voice that calls entire nations to repentance. Your voice. It's time to fight for your voice to no longer be silenced, to understand that you've been uniquely created, graced and gifted, and now would you speak it? Would you declare some stuff? Would you speak the promise? Would you declare the truth? You know, if you were um, under any doubt as to the power of your voice, we've been made in the image of God. And in the very beginning, God spoke and the whole world was formed. There was nothing, and then God spoke. And in the New Testament, all through when we read about the life of Jesus, when he spoke, literally everything came to order. Everything came back to the default setting. Healing, life, transformation, wind, waves, everything obeyed the voice of Jesus. The dead were made alive when Jesus spoke. The sea was calmed. The enemy flees. Mark 4. We read the scripture that says, Jesus arose and just told the sea to hush. (laughs) Used his mouth. Spoke. And there was order. Everything came back into place. How about when he called Lazarus from the grave? He shouted with a loud voice and said, Lazarus, come out. And Lazarus walked out. And then we are his creation, his precious people, filled with his Holy Spirit. And he says to us, hey, would you speak life? 2 Corinthians 4, 13. Since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke. We also believe and we should speak. Don't let your voice be taken. Don't let your voice be robbed. Don't be silenced any longer by the confusion and the chaos and the storms and the stuff we don't understand. Bring life. Speak life. Speak words of encouragement everywhere you go and watch what will happen. 1 Peter 2 verse 9 in the message version says, 
you are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God's instruments to do his work and speak out for him, to tell others of the night and day difference he made for you, from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. Speak out. How will other people hear about the miracles, the love, the grace, the goodness of God if we don't speak it out? Psalm 150 verse 6 says, Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Psalm 107 verse 2, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. It's going to take a fight. It's going to take a fight. It's going to take a little bit of gumption. Really like that word. It's going to take a little bit of gumption to say, you know what? I'm going to stand up and be counted. My voice is going to make a difference. I'm going to declare some stuff that's going to shift the atmosphere. You know, um, I feel like I'm doing, you know, Desiree's confessions up here today. Like, whew, this morning was intense. And then tonight I've got another testimony for you. I've got another part of my story, part of my journey. Um, but, you know, that's my life. This is the life I've got. So these are the stories you get. Um, so my testimony when we arrived in Dunedin, probably about nine years ago, um, we arrived here, we were obeying the call of God, and we really felt like we were putting our lives where our mouths were living our faith, walking out our faith, making big, bold, audacious decisions for Jesus. We heard him, we said yes. Simple, end of story. And um, I literally walked into this real open heaven season when I walked into Dunedin. God was so near, so close. Everything was new, everything was odd, everything was different. None of that changed, but God was really close, really real, really true, ministering to me all the time. And um, I'd go to a cafe, and I'd have Bible time with Jesus, and I'd just start crying like he's waiting to meet with me. Like I'd walk in there, and I'm just like, God wants to have coffee with me this morning and have a conversation. And um, his peace and his presence literally just filled my life and filled my rooms and filled our house. And, and I would be walking along the hills of Roslyn, and I'd be looking out over Dunedin and just asking God, you know, what are you saying? What are you seeing? What do you want me to see? What do you want me to say? And um, my spirit was leaping at what God was saying to me, that he wants his city back, um, that everything that I could see was his, and he's taking it back for his glory, um, that we would um, walk into an Ezekiel 47 season, which talks about catching fish, but where they'll actually be caught where people would be coming home to Jesus, coming back into relationship with him, um, that we would equip and release, and the whole world's going to make a difference. There's going to be a difference made for Jesus. And he was lighting the fire of revival in the South and lighting the fire of dream and passion and love, and there'd be this new burn that was happening in the hearts of his people. And then I was really passionate, and I was declaring this with my mouth, and I was saying what God was showing me and um, declaring it and just believing and standing in faith. And it was just, you know, sunshine and lollipops, really. Like, it was a good time. And um, suddenly, overnight, my voice just was lost. I was overcome with confusion and um, panic and anxiety. And I had a real desire just to run from it all really quickly. Get me out of here. And I was saying things out of my mouth that I don't believe and I don't think, but it was my reality in that time. Went from the mountaintops to the valley really quickly, overnight. And um, I was worshipping one day here on a Sunday, and um, I heard God whisper, hey, 
there's been a, a, a mission of intimidation in this season where suddenly you feel like you're just bowled over and you're consumed by an enemy and something that's bigger than you. And the, the purpose of this intimidation is to shut down your voice. And um, I kept repeating to God and to Will whenever he would listen, you know, because I was getting a bit much, right? Um, <laughs> I kept on saying, I have no voice. And he's like, but I'm hearing you. And I'm like, but I have no voice. I can't speak anymore. And he was like, I'm hearing you. I'm with you. I'm with you. But, you know, it was like an external pressure was squeezing and I couldn't contain it. I couldn't cope with it. I couldn't hold it any longer. And I just felt like I was being taken out. And it's, it's my opinion that, you know, there is um, a spirit of intimidation sometimes that comes to bring its blanket of oppression and depression, anxiety, confusion um, across God's people so that we'd be silent rather than speak up with truth and with our voices. And that um, instead of declaring in faith and with hope, we'd shrink back because it felt a little bit easier. Um, in the midst of all of my confusion and my urge to run for the hills, I um, pressed into God because everything that we need is found in the Bible. And, um, and I knew that there would be answers waiting for me there. It's not easy when you are in those moments to find the answers. I understand that. I'm not making this sound like it's more glamorous than it really is. It's an ugly pushing at that time. It's an ugly wrestling with God. It's not pretty. It's not colorful. <laughs> it's ugly. But if you can get to the Word of God, you'll get the nourishment you need, you'll get the answers you need, you'll get the support you need, you'll get the backup you need. Your faith will be enlarged and something new will rise up on the inside of you. I don't know about you, and I'm not sure if you've experienced anything like this before, but in the last two years, at any point, have you felt isolated? Have you felt silenced? Have you felt confused? Have you felt anxious? Have you felt intimidated? And now that I just put those labels on those things, could you see them for what they are? Here to try and rob your voice. And instead you say, no, I'm going to press in. God, what do you see? God, what do you say? God, what's the truth? What do I need to declare? What can I prophesy? What can I speak in this moment? Um, the, the places in the Bible that God took me to were Psalm 18 and 1 Kings 17 to 20. And I don't have time to go into them tonight. And I, I really do, um, I guess, like plead with you. Is that a good word? I don't know. <laughs> plead with you to find something in the scriptures where God ministers to you in your current place. So whenever you feel like this, find something personal, because then it's real, and it's true, and it's yours. So my place was Psalm 18 and 1 Kings 17 to 20. Psalm 18 is an amazing psalm. If I could encourage you to go and read Psalm 18, um, it's pretty, it's just marvelous. The words are amazing. I love hearing things like God thunders from heaven at anything that would try to derail me. I'm just like, yeah, he does. And he makes my feet like hind's feet. So like I can stand firmly no matter the terrain I find myself on. And it says, I will call upon the Lord who is greatly to be praised. So he thunders from heaven for me, but he also thunders from heaven for you. He thunders on your behalf. So whatever you might be looking at, the stuff that seems too hard, the intimidation that you've come up against, he is thundering on your behalf right now. You can rest assured he is not asleep. He's not left his post. He is on guard, and he has something to say. 
And then he, God also took me to 1 Kings 17.20, which is the life of Elijah and some intimidation, some fear, and some confusion that he comes up against and, and, um, and how it was really to try and stop him causing a whole nation to come back to repentance. John 10.10, 10, Jesus said, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I come to give you life and life in all its fullness. And where I want to get to tonight is I've got a couple of ways, a couple of things that we can put into our pocket as ways to fight when we feel any of those things that I have mentioned earlier tonight. Anytime you feel some anxiety, anytime you feel some fear creeping in, anytime a lie tries to take root in your head, there are some tools, some things that we can use to fight against that stuff and emerge out the other side. Not losing our voice, declaring God's promises and his goodness. So how do we fight? How do we push back when we feel like everything's closing in around us? 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4 says we use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. So my personal strategy, didn't find this in a self-help book, but my personal strategy for how I fight when I feel like I'm being robbed and my voice is being silenced and I can't declare God's will, his way, his goodness I've got three things that I revert to every single time. The first is, I apply the blood of Jesus because he died so that I could live. And um, I don't mean to make that sound weird in any way, shape, or form, but in the Bible, this is what we read. <laughs> Revelation 12, 11, they defeat him, the enemy, by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony. And so there is power and restoration and grace and fight to be found in appropriating what Jesus did on the cross for you. The shedding of his blood did a lot of things. Redemption, forgiveness, healing, a deep and a lasting work that was a one-time deal. Doesn't need to be done over and over again. And so if we can learn to appropriate that, take that on and say, I am covered by the blood of Jesus. I simply, when I am feeling under something that doesn't bring me freedom, does not look like John 10.10, 10, I just go, hey, that is not the price that Jesus paid for for me. <laughs> On the cross, one-time deal. I am covered by that. I'm covered by the promise. I'm covered by the blood. I stand protected. That's what it means to sing one of the lines in the song that we sung tonight, no weapon formed against you will prosper. That's what it means. I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. What he did on the cross was a one-time deal for me. I'm saved, I'm sanctified, I'm set free, I'm protected, I'm safe, I'm redeemed, I'm forgiven, I'm healed, I'm whole as a result of the cross. Secondly, I go to the word and I find some scriptures and I confess those, I declare those, I pray those. Um, I derail the enemy, I derail any lies by bringing truth into that situation. The word of God is truth. And his, the word can be a weapon to tear down any kind of strongholds. Light overcomes darkness without even trying. Turn on the light, the darkness goes. Bring in the scripture, the darkness goes. Ephesians 6, verses 10 to 18. Um, this passage of scripture is about the armor of God. And... 
in my own life, there was a season um, when I was younger and I was at um, high school and we travelled to China. I, I learnt Chinese at, um, at school. Can't speak much of it anymore, but um, it was a great season in my life. And we went to China and I just felt um, all the temples and the other God worship really, really confronting, like really confronting. And I felt a little bit scared by some of it. And um, I remember just praying some of the some of these scriptures into my heart so that I could walk into those places and not have fear and experience them for the grace and the beauty and the history that they really did have. And so this is the armor of God, Ephesians 6, verse 10 to 18. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits. Therefore, here's the armor. Put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on peace that comes from the good news so that you'll be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on the salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit which is the word of God. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Five pieces of armor and two offensive weapons. And the offensive weapons are the word of God and prayer. Things that we can get into our heart and declare out of our mouth is how we fight. The rest of the stuff protects us. But if you want to go on the offensive, if you want to silence some stuff, if you want to move through some things, get the word of God and get prayer. That's where the battle happens. Truth dispels lies. It wins every time. The more truth you bring into a situation, the less lies can take root. The word of God is truth and it cuts through lies. For every lie that you have believed, and I probably could say that most of us have believed some lies in our lifetime. For every lie that you have believed, there is a truth to counteract that. So whatever you're looking at, that's a lie, and you know it's not doing you any good. Find the truth in the Word of God. Go to the concordance. Google it. I don't care how you get there. Get to the Word of God. Get to the Word of God. Find the truth to counteract the lie. Jeremiah 33.3 says, Call to me and I will answer you. I will show you great and mighty things, things that might be fenced in and hidden, which you do not know, but I will show them to you. And Proverbs 18, 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they who indulge in it shall eat the fruit of it. You know, um, when I was growing up, my mum used to say to us kids every morning before school, if you've got nothing nice to say, say nothing at all. <laughs> okay, how many others? Yep. <laughs> You know, but it's actually a pretty great saying. Yeah. <laughs> if you ha are not going to be speaking life over your own life and into those that you're doing life with, then zip it. Right. Zip it. <laughs> Speak life. Speak words of life at every opportunity. Um, and then my third and final um, strategy is to praise him. It's such a setup. Incredible setup that actually to praise usually requires us opening our mouths. 
And as we open up and usher some praise, our voice grows, gets stronger. There's a new fight. There's a new battle readiness that comes into our spirit. Praise silences the enemy. And when we praise God and we lift up the name of Jesus, we annoy anything else that is not from him. And for the spirit of heaviness, put on the garment of praise. Express your praise. Let something come out of your mouth. Praise him. Praise him. When you're up against a wall, when you're confused, when you're isolated, when you're feeling like you've got no answers, praise him. Watch what happens. Watch what comes to your life as you give him praise and you put him in his rightful place. You've got to leave the territory of the enemy where doubt and insecurity and intimidation plague you. And you've got to get into the territory of praise. You've got to get into the territory where you're just lifting him up and you're magnifying him for who he is, not what he can do. Just for who he is to you. When was the last time you worshipped and tears rolled down your face? Or you worshipped and you just felt like you couldn't go any deeper. There was just this true and real connection with your saviour in that moment. When was the last time you got so down and deep into praise and worship that you lost track of time? And what you'd allocated, you know, that 15 minutes for God before work suddenly became an hour and now you're running late. (laughs) Because you're worshipped and you're praised. When did you allow yourself just to get so free and unencumbered in worship that you just kind of lost track of who's near you, who's around you? Deep praise. Deep worship. So deep sometimes that you're kind of losing yourself in your praise. Because it's from that place that you'll hear his still and his small voice that puts your feet back on the rock, that reminds you you're called, you're chosen, you're saved. The other stuff starts to melt away if you can just get to praise. If you can just get to ushering some praise out of your mouth, everything else starts to fade away. We overcomplicate life. Heard a lot of yesing and amening in that moment. (laughs) We make this thing harder than it needs to be. God has a plan. Get on board with it. And how you're going to get on board with it? Praise Him. I don't know what's happening, God, right now, but I give you glory. God, I can't see my way out of this, but I praise you in this moment. God, I don't know what's going on, but I give you praise. It's okay to say you don't have the answers. It's okay to say you haven't got enough left. It's okay to say you've run out. God, in this moment, on empty, I praise you. (laughs) When I don't know which way to go, God, I don't know which decision to make. I don't know how this is going to work out. God, I'm going to praise you anyway. Leave the territory of the enemy. Get into holy ground. Find yourself in praise. It's time to fight for your voice. Don't be silenced any longer. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, not just think so. Don't just think it on the inside and think, yeah, I said that, didn't I? No, you didn't. Say it. (laughs) Say it. Let it come out of your mouth. Let there be a new song that comes out of you, a new word, a new truth, a new understanding. Fight for your right to speak. 
Fight for your right to be heard. Fight for your right to declare His goodness. Thank you for listening to this message recorded live at Equipus Church Dunedin. We pray that it blessed you. For more information, please check out equipuschurch.com.